Welcome to the Mornings with Sue and Andy podcast for Monday, December 12th. It can be very difficult to open up and share your personal story when you're battling cancer, but a well-known Calgary figure has done just that. We speak with cancer warrior and Calgary CTV news anchor Jocelyn Laidlaw, who shares the story of her journey in her fight against colorectal cancer. Then we learn more about this type of cancer known as the silent killer. Dr. Ted Jablonski, our on-call family physician, offers up details on what you need to know when it comes to detection, prevention, and the importance of getting screened for colorectal cancer. It's the busiest travel time of the year. We catch up with Chris Miles, VP of Operations and Infrastructure at the Calgary International Airport for what you need to know before heading to the airport this holiday season. And finally, it's our weekly segment aimed at helping you live your best life. On this edition of Motivational Monday, tips for managing holiday stress from self-care entrepreneur Christy Miller. Having an open, thoughtful conversation about someone's cancer battle can be extremely difficult, but a well-known Calgary broadcaster has opened up about her diagnosis in hopes of helping others. CTV Calgary anchor and cancer warrior Jocelyn Laidlaw joins us to talk about her experience. Hi, Jocelyn. Oh, hi, guys. It's great to talk to you this morning. Thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure talking about you. And I think, you know, the fact that you're being open and honest and talking about this kind of, uh, you know, goes above and beyond where a person works and what they do. I think it's important that we talk about it and and share your message. So what kind of inspired you? Because it's it's really hard to talk about cancer as a whole. But I know from chatting with you, talking about the type of cancer you had or have sort of made it a little more difficult for you to make this decision, right? It has been. Uh, to be honest with you, when I was first diagnosed, I my instinct was to keep it private forever. <laughs> I, was, I actually delusionally thought I could keep this quiet forever. Um, it's just a privacy protection mode I think you go into in the very beginning. But I, re- I soon realized that once I got my ducks in a row in terms of treatment and how that would unfold, that Calgarians would notice I wasn't on the news anymore, and um, I'd rather them know the truth. So the first step was revealing that I have cancer, uh, which I did on social media, and then we told the viewers when I was taking my leave to begin treatment. But you're right, talking about the particular kind of cancer I have was sort of the last step in being open and honest about it. And really the death of Kirstie Alley last week really triggered me um, I think she's an 80s icon. I'm a child of the 80s. Uh, who doesn't remember her? And, and she was so iconic from that time. And to hear that she had discovered very recently that she had colon cancer and she could not survive it, I had the same reaction probably a lot of people had. How does that happen? How does that happen to Kirstie Alley? And then I shook my head and said, Laidlaw, what are you thinking? Yeah. It happened to you because it, it actually did happen to me. That's powerful, Jocelyn. And again, thank you for sharing your personal story. Let's let's get back to your personal story in that the diagnosis, I mean, we all have bad days and, you know, we all have sickness and, and maybe don't feel 100%. How did you discover this? How, 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 what led to the diagnosis? If you can break that down, were you just not feeling well and went for a checkup? How did that work? Yeah, this is important for me to talk about because uh, I missed a lot of things. Um, I think maybe the medical system missed a few things in my case as well, and for good reason. Uh, And so it could happen to other people. I had two things going on in my life. One was the beginning of gastrointestinal symptoms that I was ignoring. And that was happening over, let's say, just before the pandemic. And then the pandemic hits, and of course, 
none of us are going to doctors for anything but the most important reasons. Um, and then I had something else going on, and that is when I did eventually get COVID, because like everybody else, I did eventually mm-hmm. get it. Um, I, I was left with a lymph node in my groin, like the bikini line area, that was enlarged, L- like a marble, hard, like a rock. And I went to my doctor to say, what's this? And we did an, an ultrasound. In fact, we did a series of tests on that lymph node, and they all came back sort of with the same message. Probably nothing to worry about here. You just keep watching it. Um, doesn't appear to be growing. Doesn't appear to be bothering the patient too much. But that really didn't sit well with me, and I insisted that it be surgically removed. I just, I just wanted it out of my body. I thought lymph nodes... That's the superhighway of the body, right? They mm-hmm. communicate between all the different parts of the body, and whatever's there could travel someplace else. And I, I felt very uncomfortable. So they removed it uh, in day surgery. And my doctor and I laughed as he dropped it into the little vial to go off to pathology. I said, oh, so maybe COVID's calling card. But by COVID, I thought it might be a leftover from COVID. And four days later, I got the phone call that it was full of cancer, and that the cancer was actually coming from someplace else. It was not lymphoma. It was not a cancer of the lymphatic system, which meant that we had to then find the source of the cancer. And that's where the story dovetails with those gastrointestinal symptoms that I'd been telling you about. And suddenly we discover the source. It's a fairly significant-sized tumor in the colorectal region. Um, And when I talk about colorectal cancer and what Kirstie Alley had, I don't know her particulars and I'm no doctor, but this can run the gamut from your colon to your rectum to the anal area. So sorry about the breakfast talk Mm. of the bum, but this is exactly the kind of talk we need to be having Mm. to save lives. 100% agree. And and you may have just saved one by talking about it right now. And I think, you know, is that part of your message then is, is to share, you know, check it out, of course, when something's wrong, but be an advocate for yourself when a doctor or someone says, oh, it's probably nothing to worry about. Exactly. So in my case, I just went with my gut and it was pretty powerful. It said, get that lymph node out. And if I hadn't, who knows what my prognosis would be, probably extraordinarily grim because that cancer was growing inside me not for days or months but years it was years inside of me and then the other part of that is exactly if something changes in your body if you are a go to the bathroom every morning kind of person and suddenly you're going at all different times in the day or it looks different when you go or it's painful or you go all the time or you can't go at all all these changes that you may put up to aging or pregnancy or having a baby or being a mom or being stressed or all these different excuses we can make, it might really mean something. And it might mean something really significant. And just because it's a down there area, Mm. we have a tendency not to want to talk about it. So yeah, get a fit test. A fit test is not a fitness test, by the way. (laughs) No, it's really not. It is not not a fitness test. We're talking about this little little take-it-home test that you do for number two. Um, It's not fun playing around with your stuff, but you, you send it away and they will tell you if they found anything concerning in there. And that's one great first step for screening that could save your life. And if you're eligible, get a colonoscopy. 
Mm-hmm. You know, that too is not a pleasant procedure, but they could find something there that you can only find by putting a camera into the colon and having a look. So I know these aren't fun things to talk about, but just a little bit of awareness. And if you can talk to your spouse about this kind of intimate mm-hmm. stuff, yeah. um, if you can take your relationship to that level, level a lot of people don't want to talk about their bathroom habits with their spouse but find somebody that you can talk to about those things and then if it's different if it's changed see a doctor and if your doctor doesn't take it seriously find someone else who will jocelyn we're behind you 100 percent in this Mm -hmm. battle we appreciate you uh, you know sharing your message in maybe reaching one person to, to book those tests, to, to take those steps, to say, yeah, I'm not feeling right. I, I heard what Jocelyn said on the radio. So we appreciate your time, and thank you for opening up to us here. Thank you so much, and for thanks for being willing to talk about this in the morning especially. I know it's, uh, it's, not, the, it's not the most pleasant conversation, but you're exactly right, Andrew. If we save one per, if one person gets mm-hmm. tested because of this conversation, I will be so grateful. So thanks for having me on. Thank you. Thanks so much. That is Jocelyn Laidlaw, CTV Calgary anchor and cancer warrior. We just heard the gripping personal story of Calgary News anchor Jocelyn Laidlaw and her battle with colorectal cancer. Dr. Ted Jablonski is our on-call family physician, and he joins us now to shed some more light on the topic. And uh, good morning to you, Dr. J. Good morning. Obviously, you have a medical perspective on the disease, but you also have a personal story surrounding it, don't you, Dr. J.? Yes, um, so my mother had uh, colon cancer, has had two bowel resections, and I saw what that uh, did to her. Now, she survived it, uh, thankfully, and is quite elderly, but uh, yeah, I I mean, I have a personal connection to that disease. They call it the silent killer. Why is that, Dr. J? Is it because, as Jocelyn was talking about, it's just something we don't discuss? We try to just, you know, sweep it all under the carpet because nobody wants to talk about down there. Yeah, sometimes it's a bit of it's a bit of a lot of things. Um, like a lot of people can have pain from this, or uh, you know, crampy bowels, uh, but so can irritable bowels. So there are a lot of people who struggle with cramps and altered bowel movements who don't have this diagnosis. You can have a change of bowel movement, but that can happen from just changing a, a changing your diet or or trying to lose weight or some other factor. Um, you can get uh, blood in your bowel movement, uh, but that can be from a hemorrhoid or a fissure, but it also could be cancer. So there's so many things that uh, people can get and they can dismiss because it's just a benign diagnosis. But amongst those are the real thing. And that, that's what makes it tricky. And sometimes people have no symptoms at all. 100% a screening test is done, shows um, a trace of blood on, on, a, on a card, what we call a FIT test now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's the only thing that's positive, have no symptoms, feel 100% healthy, find out that they have an early cancer, and that saves their life. So sometimes it is truly silent. There are no symptoms at all. Do we know any of the causes behind this type of cancer? Is there any you know, information on that that sense of things? Oh, ab- absolutely. There, there are absolute lists of uh, risk factors that are not dissimilar to, uh, to, to all the other bad things. Um, so, this, you know, if you're carrying too much weight, if you drink too much alcohol, if you smoke, if you don't eat um, a higher fiber diet, so too much red meat or processed meats, if you're very sedentary, these are absolutely associated with a higher risk of colon cancer. But the big features typically are genetic. So I have somebody in my family who has colon cancer. That's going to up your up your odds. If you have inflammatory bowel disease, uh, this is particularly ulcerative colitis or Crohn's, that ups your disease uh, uh, risk. Um, 
those would be the main, or if you had other cancers. <laughs> so there are genetics where you have multiple different cancers. So that would uh, also, but family history can't be dismissed. So somebody in your family, particularly first degree relative, mm-hmm. has had polyps or colon cancer. That's a huge need for screening and usually screening earlier than we do anybody else. So usually 10 years earlier is the ideal timing. We, we were mentioning with Jocelyn and I were familiar with the fit test and of course the colonoscopy are are they have to be done in tandem or if I if I do the fit test and I and I get the green light of, of, of being clean is that is that fine or do I should I do the colorectal uh, uh, the, the colonoscopy yeah, so so unfortunately in Alberta it's difficult to, to get a colonoscopy if you had a negative fit test so unless you have some other risk factor. So if you have a positive fit test, absolutely, you, it needs to move on to get a colonoscopy. But we, we rely fairly heavily on the fit test. So a negative test generally is a green light, too, that we don't need to go any further. Now, what could change that? Again, like I already spoke to, uh, you have a previous, uh, you have a family history, first degree relative. You might want to go directly to colonoscopy and sort of skip over any other uh, test because you sort of need that test. If you've if they've ever seen a polyp before, a fit test isn't good enough. You need colonoscopies now every single time to have a look. And be your own advocate. Push, push, push when you think there's something wrong with your body, right, Dr. J? Well, it's something that, um, yes, I can't dismiss that. Uh, and sometimes we just look a little bit harder. Don't see it first round. Look a little harder. Eventually, we can see things. So, yes, uh, advocate if you really don't feel right. Um, you know, a lot of times we'll, we'll, we'll pick up on something. There's something not quite right, but we can't put our finger on it. Sometimes it takes a few rounds to get right to the the, uh, the end or to figure out what it is. For so, sure. yeah, if people don't come back, we, we don't get a second chance sometimes. So, yes, please come back. Thank you so much for your perspective on this. Appreciate it, Dr. J, always. Okay, you betcha. Thanks. Dr. Ted Jablonski is our on-call family physician. Make sure you pack your patience if you're planning to take a flight this holiday season. Joining us with all the information you need before you head to the airport is Chris Miles, Vice President of Operations and Infrastructure at the Calgary International Airport. Good morning, Chris. How are you? Hey, very good, Sue, and good morning to you and Andrew. I, I expect things are starting to get a little more hectic. When is actually, is there one day that it, we just know heads above everything else is the busiest day? Well, the 22nd and 23rd tend to be our busiest, followed by around the 27th of December. But throughout the Christmas period, it, it really is, on average, the busiest time of the month. All right. When you put it into busy terms, do you have an estimate or a forecast of how many people are going to be coming through the airport, Chris? Yeah, during the month of December, we're going to have about 1.3 million guests come through. And over the Christmas period, it's, it amounts to about 50,000 a day. Hey, Chris, how do we relate to pre-pandemic numbers? Are things sort of back to normal now, do you think? So we're getting very close. Certainly the month of October, we are about 95% of what we saw in pre-COVID times. So we're still not at the peak travel that we had in 2019, but it's getting very close. And it's really great to see all the people back in the airport. I mean, you know, some people may be going away for a week or 10 days to a, a sunny destination for the holidays, but for, for a lot of us who are just going to be going for a couple of days to, to visit family, let's talk about carry-on. And has anything changed for carry-on luggage sizes and, and what you can pack in our carry-ons? No, it's still, it's still the same rules that apply, so the same amount of liquids that, are, that you're entitled to prior to the pandemic. And certainly from a carry-on size, that's certainly something that you'd have to double-check with your airline. But nothing material in terms of changes in what's required going through the airport. 
I think it's really just a question of making sure you're prepared and understand what the rules are of what you're allowed to bring on because we are still seeing a lot of our guests that may not have traveled for some time showing up with more liquids than they're allowed or other items such as snow globes or gifts that are wrapped and that slows down the process for them going through the security points. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about that, Chris, the things that you can speak to in terms of, you know, what we don't wrap anything, correct? Certainly that that is the recommendation coming from the screening provider that you don't wrap anything because if they do have to open it up and they do want to see what, exactly what you're carrying in your carry-on, they will unwrap that gift. So what we do recommend is that you leave the wrapping until you get to your destination. And then certainly make sure that you've got the correct amount of liquids brought out of your bag in that resealable bag that the, the screening provider wants to see. And that makes it easier for everyone going through the point. Chris, I know that, you know, we get our tickets. We uh, made our destination and our plans and yeah, decided on gifts, what we could bring or what we're going to buy when we reach our destination. Uh, but last minute for me is always, are we going to take a cab? Are we going to Uber? Are we going to park at the airport? You've got some great options, you know, actually at YYC for parking, don't you, for those folks that are traveling? Yeah, absolutely. We've got some great uh, we've got some great options right at the terminal with the covered parkade. A lot of our open lots still have space. We are recommending that if you are going to bring your own vehicle to the airport, that you use our online our online reservation system to guarantee that you are getting a space. Because as we get right up to that busy day at Christmas, those spaces are going to go. But if you don't choose your own vehicle. Obviously, Uber and taxis are plentiful, and there's also public transit that's available to and from the airport. Uh, obviously, people are going to be coming in, picking up, dropping off guests through the Christmas holidays. I understand you've got a little bit of free parking, not for a long period of time, but enough to get your guests in and out, right? Yeah, absolutely. So for the first 20 minutes in our covered lots, you can park there and pick up your guests. And if you need a little bit more time, we've got a cell phone lot where the guests can simply call the person picking up, and you're allowed to stay there for 60 minutes. So we've extended extended the times that you're available in those lots, and hopefully that all works for our guests coming into the airport. Great, super timely info. Is it yyc.com where we want to go? Hey, absolutely, Andrew. Okay, good stuff. Yeah, because I know you have questions ahead of time, so good to have that resource. Thanks so much, Chris. Thank you very much. Have a great day. It's Chris Miles, Vice President of Operations and Infrastructure at YYC International Airport, 5th. 50,000 people a day, oh. uh, 1.5 or just less, or 1.3, I believe he said, a million people uh, this month going through. You thought Incredible. there was nowhere to sit on a regular day. Yeah. YYC.com again. Just, you know, check if you've got any questions at all, check before you go. And don't wrap your gifts. It's just not worth it. No, come on. Just save yourself the hassle. And, you know, I know a lot of people who make it every Christmas. you got to go on that trip for Christmas, mm-hmm. whether it's visiting family or, again, that sunny destination. And there's others who say, I wouldn't want to be caught dead near the airport <laughs> this time of the year because it's too busy so it, it's an interesting thing and we'll throw that out there on the text line is that something that you plan is that christmas trip or you you have to go home to visit family or is it a case that you're going to stay put in calgary because prices are higher it's busier have you ever gone away for christmas oh yeah went away to, to uh, family or somewhere warm or what yeah well you know yeah absolutely the whole family we went down to phoenix arizona one christmas mm-hmm. and my teens at the time were uh, probably uh, pre-teens they did not like that. They're so steeped in tradition. I very much enjoyed that. And then uh, one time, uh, my wife and I just went to Vegas, um, you know, uh, for, for uh, two nights uh, during Christmas. Well, for, what's Vegas and what's was, Christmas in Vegas? It was one like? of my favorite Christmases really? in history. I'm surprised by that. I don't, that wouldn't be a destination well, for me to choose. I'll tell you, because you do have a little bit, of, they, they do decorate kind of Vegas style, but it's not all Christmas all the time. And it's something we've discussed on this program. For some people, Christmas is a tough time. Uh, you know, they don't want to be 
you know, steeped in tradition because it might not bring back the best memories to them or yeah, it might yeah. have been a hard time. It was very cool because you got to as much or as little Christmas as you wanted. Did you forget the most important person on your holiday list? You. Joining us now with some tips for managing stress this holiday season and maybe offering up some great gift ideas too is self-care entrepreneur Christy Miller of The Scented Market. Good morning, Christy. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for joining us. It is Motivational Monday for us here, and you've got some tips not just to motivate us, but to maybe help alleviate some of that stress as we barrel towards the holiday itself. So first, uh, let's talk about the fact that nearly half of us feel stressed about the holidays. Why do you think we get so stressed out? Are we trying to be too perfect? Yeah, I feel like it's just overwhelming when you look at it as a whole. So when you think of all the gifts you have to buy for all the important people in your lives, it can become really overwhelming. Overwhelming, but there's that list. There's these expectations. Sometimes it's very hard to look at ourselves. How can we get over that hump and uh, take some time for ourselves or do something for ourselves? And, and how much are we talking about here? Are we talking about a day or, or just a, a few minutes a day? can look different for every single individual. It can be as easy as lighting a candle and sitting down enjoying a beverage for five minutes. It can be reading a book for a half an hour. Just something as simple as that can really impact your day. Let's talk a little bit about your tips. You've got a bunch for us because I think we can all use a little tip and a trick once in a while, especially into the holiday season. So I know money is obviously a stressor for a lot of people at this time of the year. Yeah, for sure. We have some great stress-free holiday shopping tips. First of all, write a list. It is so important to take five, ten minutes out of your day to sit down, write a list of people that are important to you that you need to gift for, and jot down some ideas that you think would be really great. If you're not sure of what that person may want, reach out to family or friends and ask, hey, you know, what can I get this person or what, what would this person like for Christmas? It's also really important to note that a few small, thoughtful gifts can go a lot a lot more farther than a giant, stressful gift that you're really worried if you're sticking to a budget. That also is another great holiday tip this year. Really set a budget for yourself and stick to it. So if that looks like jotting down one Christmas present a week that you buy for someone, it can really reduce your stress during the holiday season. I like the setting the budget because uh, then... You know, you don't have on January 24th that very mm. Visa Christmas coming to bite you in the behind <laughs> when that credit card statement comes. Something that you do mention, if you have the means to do it, is to hire help if you can. Tell us about that tip. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's ways you can hire help and ask for help during the holiday season. There's personal shoppers out there if it's within your budget to help you uh, look for the great gifts for your loved ones. I think it's also really important to note that shopping local and small business can be so beneficial. You know, the local shop owners are typically the ones working and they're very knowledgeable about their products and about the things they're selling in their stores and they're more than willing to go above and beyond in their customer service to help you find the perfect gift for your loved ones. I know you know lots about shopping local and uh, small businesses, so we'll talk about that in a second, but I wanted you to touch on the countdown to Christmas and managing the load in chunks. I think this is a really, really important tip for us. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I even get up every morning when I wake up, I sit down and I write a list of things that I, I need to do for the day. And whether that list be personal or professional, make a manageable list and check those things off. You'll feel so much better about what you've accomplished during your day when you do that.
All right, let's talk about, you know, taking the stress out of gift giving and uh, tell us a bit about your background and your connection to Dragon's Den. This is interesting to me. Yeah, so four years ago, I woke up one day and I saw all this black soot all over the ceiling in my bathroom and I thought, what are we breathing in? Is this toxic for my family and for my pets? And so I really went on a research hunt to find the best and the healthiest candle option. And four years ago, I was fooling around on my kitchen stove while I was making dinner for my family and made a candle and came up with a brand. And I've been in love with it ever since. It's a brand that I personally love. It's, it's my taste and my style. And I'm so pleased and so happy that uh, we're finding that everyone else loves it too. And uh, just recently, uh, a couple weeks ago, I was the grand finale of the season finale of Dragon's Den Ooh. and scored a deal with not one, but two dragons that I'm so excited about. That's awesome. Okay, we'll tell people your website so they can go have a look and see what the dragons were so interested in. It's called thescentedmarket.ca. Awesome, beautiful items on there. Maybe somebody wants to do a little gift purchasing for the Christmas holidays, make their life a little easier. But, uh, you know, I think that's the key, right? Some great inexpensive ideas that are beautiful that someone has, you know, crafted themselves sometimes can be the most perfect for somebody that you love. Absolutely. And what we're finding this year is really on trend, especially for men, because we have such a hard time buying for men is a product called the Shower Steamer. Have you heard of it before? It's absolutely incredible. No, what is it? So a shower steamer is similar to a bath bomb, but you put it in your shower on a ledge. And when you get in your shower, you sprinkle a little bit of water on it. And this will activate this and activate the scent and throw it into the steam of your shower. So you're having an at home spa like shower and men are just loving this idea this Christmas. Fantastic. I love it. And it's no wonder that the dragons got interested in it. Do you have any further tips? Last little bit of a word of advice for us as we head towards Christmas, Christy, anything you can tell us that is like the number one thing for you, what do you think is most important that we be aware of and and think about to manage our holiday stress? Absolutely. Shop small, spend your dollars consciously, make connections with your local store, get to know the shop owners and support them because when you're supporting them, you're supporting their dream too. And they're the ones that do the happy dance every time you make a purchase and leave their store. Some great tips. Thank you so much for your time and happy holidays to you, Christy. Thank you so much, Sue and Andy. Have a great day. You that is Christy Miller, a self-care entrepreneur. Some great tips there. And uh, you can find her stuff called the scented market again once again and at the scented market on social media but the scented market.ca and i love that i have friends who they only want uh, we know if you're getting them a gift they only want things you can eat or drink or use immediately right not okay. something more to put in their house but a bath bomb or a shower steamer a shower i have, I have used those are fantastic I think that sounds great. anything like that a candle food something homemade if you don't have a lot of money you can make something yourself Make a, like a hot yeah. chocolate mix and package it with dollar store little jars, pretty jars, label it up and you're good to go. It doesn't have to cost a lot yeah. to show somebody that you care over like, the holidays, especially. Yeah, and one of the tips I uh, take, uh, take away from uh, Christy is to chunk things out in that, for example, in our house, uh, by design, because unless you have the whole month of December off, you still have work you still have mm-hmm. things that the kids are involved with. They have school and, and chores, even like taking out the trash, for example, right? But... For me, it was like we put the Christmas tree up on Friday, didn't decorate it till Sunday. So the tree is up, it's sitting there in the corner, the uh, the, the decorations are there, because you don't want to rush through that. 
And same with shopping. You yeah. don't want to try to get yeah. it all done in one day um, unless you have that Put kind of time, time off. And, yeah. and thought into it. Absolutely. So don't And give around. yourself a break. Yeah, I Take don't it easy. Don't stress yourself out by thinking, oh, my God, I have to get everything done right now because yeah. you don't. And that's what it is. Three days of sheer hell yeah. for, for what, right? It, like in a row. So, And particularly when it gets closer to Christmas. And now we're sure. uh, 13 days away. Oh, the countdown is on. Yeah. But that's okay. Breathe. Breathe.